God wants us to passionately pursue and preserve wisdom. When we do, we can expect to receive the promises that God gives wise people. This message is the sixth in the series, Wise Up. The message is entitled, Be Passionate. Here is Pastor Dalo Shields. Grab your Bibles, if you will, this morning. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3, the third chapter of the book of Proverbs. We continue our summer series together entitled Wise Up. We're looking at the third chapter of Proverbs. This is a sermon series based upon one chapter of the Bible. Again, the third chapter of this wonderful book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. I want to talk to you today about what it means to be passionate, to be passionate about the right things. One of the things that uh, really makes a person wise is passion, having passion for the right things. And to understand passion, we need to break it apart from the common understanding that we usually have and really bring it to its point of application to us. The basic definition of passion is an inner desire, a deep inner drive or desire that changes your outward behavior. The way that you know someone is passionate about something is not because they say they're passionate about it or not because they somehow sign up for a certain thing or say something about their life related to their passions, but the way you know the real passion of a person is by watching behavior. Behavior demonstrates passion, what you're passionate about. What you do with your life shows what you're passionate about. I know that you're probably, as I am, enjoying the Olympics. Some of you are having some fun watching the Olympics. It's amazing to watch these tremendous athletes and to see the passion they bring to their sport. They're driven not on the outside, but they're driven on the inside. They want to excel. And so this passion for their sport causes them to get up in the morning early and to go to bed late at night to spend hours in the swimming pool or on the track, whatever the case might be, pouring themselves into that discipline. They are disciplined because of their passion. Passion produces changed behavior. Passion produces discipline. Again, you know what someone is passionate about by watching what they do. It's extremely important in life that we're passionate about the right things because you can be passionate about the wrong things. And in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, we see something about this passion that I want to talk about today for the right things. Blessed is the man, this is verse 13, who finds wisdom. Notice that finds wisdom. In fact, I would encourage you to circle the word finds The man who gains, circle that word gains, gains understanding. For she, that's wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her, that's again wisdom, will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, preserve, circle that word, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They will be life for you and ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster 
or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about three things from this passage that will help you to understand how to develop the right kind of passion and what is one of the most important passions you will ever develop in your life. And the first principle or truth is this, wise people are passionate about learning and applying wisdom. To be a wise person, there's a passion, a drive inside of you, something that is insatiable to say, I want to learn truth, I want to apply truth, I want to learn wisdom and apply it. I want it to be real in my life because I tell you that without passion for wisdom, you will never experience wisdom. The Bible says that blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Those two words, finds and gains. Say them with me. Finds and gains. You don't find something unless you're looking for it. You don't gain something unless you go after it to bring increase to your life. Many people think that wisdom is something that sort of God does for us, that over the years that God sort of deposits wisdom in us, but the Bible teaches something very different. The Bible teaches that if you're going to become a wise person, you have to go and find it. You have to go out and search for it. You have to go out and gain it. it is, there is a pursuit in your life that results in the acquisition of wisdom. You don't get it passively. You have to be active about it. You've got to do something. And sadly, there are a lot of us at times that we sit back and we wait and hope to be wise when God's saying, I want to rev up the engine, the motor in your life so that there's a motivation in you, a passion to learn, a passion to grow, a passion to find, a passion to gain wisdom. Have you ever really wanted something badly, maybe some item that you really desired? And you just absolutely did everything possible to find it, to locate it, and to get it. Or maybe you've lost something that was valuable to you. And there's that passion in you that says, I've got to find this thing. I've got to find it. This is too valuable. I've got to have this thing. Recently, I was with uh, my, uh, two of my grandsons, uh, Elijah and Levi. And Elijah kind of cornered me with a conversation. The conversation was, Papa, I want a particular kind of uh, football cap for a football team, okay? Of course, all of us know there are really only two national football teams. That's the Ravens and the Redskins. Can I get an amen right there, all right? Okay. But somehow Elijah decided that he wanted to be his own unique person, so he wanted to find the team that was his team. And so he had discovered this particular baseball cap, uh, this particular team that he wanted. Papa, I want that cap. I want that one. Well, I don't know where you buy a cap. I can find you a redskin cap. I can find you a raven's cap. Not sure where we're going to find that particular cap that you're asking for. It's a, a city away from here. And, and Elijah, I could see the twinkle in his eye. And not too long later, he came back, having researched the project, found out the store that sold the hat had actually downloaded the map to the store and the hours the store was open. Okay. You know why? Because he wanted to find it. It was a passion in him to have a hat. I started to bring you the picture today to show you him with the hat on. He has it now, okay? 
But the point being in our lives, there has to be something in us that drives us. Again, wisdom does not come passively. It is attained actively. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. What's the beginning of wisdom? Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Notice all the passion again in that passage. Let me encourage you in life to make the decision that your goal in life is not to try to impress people with what you know. In fact, I'm not impressed with people that want to tell me everything they know. You know what impresses me? Someone who's willing to learn. What impresses me is the person that says, I don't know it all yet. There's still a lot that I need to learn. And, and I'm in the student mo mo mode. I, I'm not the professor. I'm the pupil. I'm going to live my life not waking up every day thinking that I already know everything I need to know. But I'm going to wake up in my life every day with this curiosity for wisdom, with this desire to learn more than I know, that I will live my life with this appetite to say, what else do I need to know in life that will help me to be all that God God wants me to be because just getting older does not make you wiser. There are a lot of folks that think that they're really wise because they're old and the re reality is their wisdom does not come with age. Wisdom comes with obtaining it by accepting responsibility for your life, by growing it. So here's, here's the way wisdom works. It's a very valuable lesson for all of us across all generations. As you're getting older, God's plan for your life is that you would get, what's the word? Wiser, right? So you're obtaining wisdom as you get older, if you're pursuing it. So you're getting wiser and wiser over the years. And as you gain wisdom, it not only helps you, but it gives you a repository, something in you, to be able to actually help other people, to actually help those coming behind you. So if you're a, an older person moving up through maturity in life, you want to be gaining all the wisdom you can, not just for yourself, but also for the deposit that you can leave behind you. And if you're a younger person, your desire needs to be to connect with as many wiser people as possible who are older than you, who can give you wisdom because they will save you from a lot of trouble in your life. And so that's God's generational plan, that the elders are getting wiser and that the younger ones are looking to the elders for wisdom. And so there's this combination that moves us down the journey of maturity much more quickly. But oftentimes because the older are not getting wiser and the younger look at the older and say, well, wow, they're not living very wisely in their lives. I don't want what they have. And so they, they have to learn their lessons on their own. And so we want to get this thing right. How many want to be a church that gets it right? Okay. So the older getting wiser and the younger learning from the older. There's the value of generations that happen through wisdom. So be teachable, be a teachable person now, being teachable does not stop with 
relationship with wise people. You have to go beyond that. You have to have a relationship with God. God is the source of wisdom. Listen, listen to Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So God says, if you really want to get wisdom, you can't really grasp it until you fear me, until you understand who I am. Why is there so much foolishness in our world? I'll tell you why there's so much foolishness. It's because there's so little fear of God. If there was more fear of God, there would be more wisdom. You look at our world and you say, why do people do what they do? Why is all this foolishness going on? The reason is because there's been a continual decrease in the fear of the Lord. And so the more we fear God, and that word doesn't mean that you sit back and are afraid of how God's going to treat you. You know, the fear of God is simply honoring Him for who He is. He is the sovereign God, the all-wise God. And so we respect Him and reverence Him. And out of that, we learn from Him. The fear of the Lord puts us in a position to gain wisdom, to drive foolishness from our lives. And of course, to have a relationship with God, you need to know His Son, Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, my purpose, Paul writes, is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So we gain wisdom by a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and by the people that God places around us, the circumstances that we experience, by this appetite and passion that says, I want to learn. I'm not the professor. I am the pupil. The second principle that I want to give you today is the principle really that will help you to understand how to take that wisdom and move forward with it. And the second principle is wise people don't waste their wisdom. Once you gain wisdom, it's important that you do not waste it. You have to preserve it. Notice again what the scripture says in Proverbs 3 verse 21. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. Look at verse 21 in the Living Bible. Have two goals, wisdom that is knowing and doing right and common sense. Don't let them slip away. Here the writer says, make sure that when you get wisdom that you do not lose it. So let's see what this means. So you find it, you gain it, and you preserve it. Say those words with me. You find, you gain, and you preserve. So finding and gaining is my pursuit, okay? I'm going after wisdom. But once I get wisdom, what is my job? To do what with it? To preserve it. What that means is this. It means that once I've obtained some knowledge from God, some wisdom for my life, I need to retain it so that I don't have to learn the same lessons over and over again. Have you met someone before? Or has it been the experience in your own life that you go through something and it's really, really tough and, you, and God helps you, you get through it and you learn a lesson uh, from it and then you find yourself six months or a year later going through something similar and it seems like you have to learn the lesson all over again, Right? And you're right back to where you started before. Why does that happen? It happens because you didn't preserve the wisdom. 
See, it's not enough to get wisdom in a moment. Wisdom is not meant to be something just for a moment. The Bible says, preserve it. Create a repository of wisdom in your life so that when you face the next situation similar to what you've just experienced and learned from, you've got something to work from. There's, a, there's something of a repository that you can utilize that'll help you make better decisions in life. And so you preserve your lessons. How do you preserve lessons? I'll just have to tell you one of the ways that I do it. One of the ways that I do it is I have a, I have a wisdom journal. In my wisdom journal, it's very simple that every time there's a significant lesson that I learn about something, I go and write it down in my wisdom journal. And it's, it's a journal that's separate from all of my other devotional journals and those kind of things. It's a separate wisdom journal that I'm creating for my life. It's going to be one of the gifts that I give to my kids when I die. So I'm going to pass on my wisdom journal to them. And from time to time, I will share even with my kids and hopefully one day with my grandchildren. This is my, my wisdom journal. This is the stuff that I've learned in life because these are lessons I don't want to have to repeat. Have you gone through stuff before that you don't want to go through again? Amen? Okay. But yet we find ourselves going back to the same problem. We, learned, we thought we learned that and boom, there we are. What's the issue? The issue is we're not preserving wisdom and it's not just your job to get it. It's your job to preserve it, to hold on to it, to make sure that it's readily available to you when you need it the next time. See, a lot of folks that I've met before are talking about their jobs. Oh, yeah, I've been at this job for 20 years. I've got 20 years of experience. And, and I talked to, to, to them for a little while. And I was, no, they don't have 20 years of experience. They have one year of experience 20 times. That's a big difference. Because they're, they're still at the same level. They haven't learned anything through the process. They're still making the same mistakes 20 years later that they made in the first year. That's not God's plan for your life. God's plan is cumulative wisdom. God wants to move you from 101 to 201 to 301 to 401 and then to graduate school in wisdom. Amen? But you have to retain it in your life. So we passionately pursue it. We find it, we gain it. Say it with me again. We find it, we gain it. We walk through life as a student. I'm not a professor, I'm a pupil. Amen? That's the best way to live your entire life. Every day you wake up and say, I'm not the professor, I'm the pupil. Okay? Because the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There's a teachable spirit about you. So do you have a teachable spirit? Do you have this passion to learn, this passion to find and gain wisdom? And then having found and gained wisdom through not only people, but our relationship with God. Let me add one more thing. Through the Word of God. Amen? By the way, you know this book is a wisdom book? You need to read this book like your life depended upon it because your life does. And as you open up the pages of this Bible, there are, there's instruction for you that will guide you. This, is what will, this will give you wisdom. In fact, one of the ways you pursue it is by getting into your Bible. This book is the book that instructs you for life. Think about it this way. If you were, you were in a life or death situation 
and you didn't know what to do. You had no knowledge of how you could get yourself out of it. And it looked as though you were going to die in that situation. And you discovered an instruction manual that would help you extricate yourself from something that was going to destroy you. Would you read the instruction manual? You would devour that thing to get you out of that circumstance. Well, you have to look at your Bible the same way that your Bible is what gets you out and gets you going and moves you forward in life. This Bible is the word of life. Amen? It's the word of life. Read it. Study it. One of the things that I'm doing this month is encouraging all of us as a church to go through what I'm calling the Church of the Redeemer Proverbs Challenge, and that's simply reading a chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. It's a simple thing to do. I, I do it throughout the year for myself. Here's how it works. You just take whatever the day of the month is and you read that corresponding chapter in the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. Generally, there are 31 days in the month. And so, for example, today is the 14th of August. So you're going to read the 14th chapter of Proverbs. And so it gets you on a systematic process of reading Scripture. So again, we find and we gain. After finding and gaining, what do we do? We preserve it we hold on to it we make sure that those lessons are not lost that we can go back and draw on the wealth of wisdom that we're not repeating that same lesson over and over and over again we're growing from 101 to 201 to 301 to 401 why because the more you grow in wisdom the more usable you are to God because wisdom is something that is needed in ministry, needed in the world, needed in your capacity to serve God effectively. And so we find it, we gain it, we preserve it. Let's go to the last point together. We understand something very valuable about it as well. And that's it brings blessing and it brings productivity in our lives. That we, you and I find and gain wisdom and preserve it. The result will be a blessed life and a productive life. Listen again to verses 16 through 18. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand, again talking about wisdom, are riches and honor. Everybody look with me for a moment. Understand this before we get here. I've, I've gone after wisdom. I found it. I gained it. I'm preserving it, right? The question is, what's it going to do for me, right? You with me here? Shake your head. I'm working hard up here. Help me out, all right? So I go after it. I gain it. Now that I've gained it, what am I going to do? I'm going to retain it, okay? I'm preserving it. Now what is this going to do? What will wisdom do for me? Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast, that is retained wisdom, will be blessed. Verse 22, they will be life, that's the words of wisdom, they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck, then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. I think that's a pretty good list of amazing things that wisdom will do in your life. It's incredible to think about. Now, I've taken those verses and I've broken them down to six things. We could look at more. I'm only going to give you six things. Six things that wisdom will do for you. When you find it, you gain it, you preserve it, this is what's going to happen. Number one, you have long life. Long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Let me just say it this way. 
I'm going to talk about two aspects of this. You know the people that have lost their life early because of lack of wisdom? They do foolish things, and foolish things can get you killed. Amen? Foolish things will get you killed. They will put you in an early grave. They will rob you of life. So young folks, remember something. Wisdom, living a wise life, will keep you alive a lot longer. Now this long life is not necessarily meaning that all of us are going to live to be 80, 90, 100, 120 years of age. No, it's talking about not only the length of life, but the quality of life. But it's also describing life beyond this life. Because a long life is not just what we experience here. Because dear ones understand something. This life is not all there is. This is the preliminary for the main event. The main event is eternity. Don't ever think that this life is all there is because one day you're going to breathe your last breath here but you're going to spend eternity somewhere, okay? There's a real place where you will spend eternity. And the Bible says if you live wisely, not only will it benefit you in this life, it will prepare you for eternity as well. Long life is in her right hand. Second of all, riches and honor. The scripture says that In her left hand are riches and honor. You live a wise life. You get wisdom. It enhances the wealth of your life. Now we're not again talking here just about money. We're talking about true wealth or true riches. You can have lots of money and be miserable. I know some of you think, no, not for me. Man, if I won the lottery, I'd be really happy. You know how many people that win the lottery and they're miserable? You know how many people that come into great inheritances and they're just absolutely miserable on the inside? I've talked to them before. I've talked to people that had far more money than any of us could, have, could imagine. And the misery oftentimes they have when they don't know God because true riches relate to God, a relationship with Him and right relationships with the people around you. So the Bible says that wisdom will bring you into true riches and will make your life honorable, that people will look at your life and say, well, I want to be like that person. There's an honor that goes with it. Thirdly, the benefit of wisdom is pleasantness and peace. Her ways, the ways of wisdom are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. Verse 24 and 25, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. Here the scripture is saying that when you live in wisdom, there's this, there's this peace that's able to penetrate and, 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 and surround your life. And you're able to live in the atmosphere of pleasantness. Life is far more peaceful for wise people. It creates peace in your life. Number four. There's a grace-filled living that comes with wisdom. Look at verse 22. There will be life for you and an ornament to grace your neck. Grace here means loveliness or charm or preciousness. The idea of this word is that when you live in wisdom, it makes you a charming person. Any of you stand to be a little more charming than you are right now? Get a little more wisdom, okay? Wisdom makes you charming. It makes you precious. It makes you lovely. It makes you winsome. It makes something about you that's attractive to people around you. Number five, it provides safety and security. Look at verse 23. When you go, then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. Safety means that you're attached to something. You're, you're safe. Ever watched window washers before? Up on the high rises, okay? 
I mean, I get a little dizzy even watching them, but what gives me a little assurance is I know that they have some safety ropes that they're hooked to. I know that they have something they're linked into that provides them security. They couldn't get up and do those things without the safety link. I want you to know that when you're walking with God in wisdom, you're linked up to the Almighty God. You have a safety rope, and your safety rope is God. Okay. You're linked in. So safety and security comes your way. There's a strength that happens in your life. The Bible says that you will not stumble. I've been in ministry for a long time uh, uh, at this point in my life, for about 40 years of ministry in total. And so I've looked, I've seen lots of people over the years stumble. And when I've watched people stumble, I can always see that they could have avoided the stumble had they simply applied one or two points of wisdom in their life. Every stumble in your life or my life points back to a, to a stumbling over an issue of wisdom. And then the next one that we find here, and the last one that I'll mention is confidence. Proverbs 3.26, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. I want to wrap up by talking about this word confidence for a moment. The word that you find here for confidence in the original Old Testament language was written in Hebrew. And so sometimes it's kind of difficult to take a, a Hebrew word and fully explain it in the English language. So I want to give you the roots of this word. I think you'll, you'll, you'll really enjoy this. The real meaning for this word, for confidence, as it's translated in our English, goes back to a Hebrew word that means your gut, your loins, okay, deep down inside of you, okay? So it's something, confidence, and we know that confidence is something that happens in here, right? Down inside is a confidence. But there's another meaning, aspect of the meaning of that word for confidence, and it's the word fat. So the basic meaning for confidence in the Bible is fat loins. I mean, you qualify right now, okay? You're good to go, all right? You're wise, all right, okay? Fat loins, okay? That's the idea. Or we could say it this way, a big gut, Okay? Somebody liked that over there, I know. <laughs> fat loins are big. Now, what does that mean? Confidence, fat loins, big gut. Let me show you what it means. It's not obviously talking about the physical. It's talking about the spiritual. It means that somewhere on the inside of you, that whatever you walk into, you carry with you enough resources by the grace of God to handle it. Amen? Okay? That's confidence. That whatever I step into, I step into it with a spiritual fat gut, okay? I've got everything in me because God is in me and the wisdom of God is in me that I don't have to be afraid what's going to happen next week or next month or six months from now or a year from now or a decade from now. Whatever I walk into, whatever situation I find myself in, I'm walking into it with God, with the wisdom of God, with the confidence that God is with me and with the word and wisdom in me so I can walk in with loins that have resources on the inside that says nothing is going to make me stumble. Nothing is going to pull me aside from this because I know that God is with me. It's what you carry on the inside. The Bible says that when you gain wisdom, it builds you up in the central part of your being and it gives you great confidence. So what's the lesson for us today? Very simple. Wisdom doesn't just come to you. You've got to go after it. 
Some people get wisdom because they, they, they pursue it. Others will spend their whole life and never become any, really any wiser. What about you? Do you have an appetite for wisdom? Do you really want to find it? Do you really want to gain it? Are you looking for it every day? Have you resigned as a professor and taken the role of a pupil? Because when you resign from being the teacher to the student and having a teachable attitude, that's when wisdom is attractive. You're able to, to, to discover it. And then once you've learned it, are you putting some things in place that will help you to preserve it, realizing that if you do, there'll be great blessings in your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We're so grateful for the call you're giving us to wise up. And I pray that in Jesus' name that you'd help each one of us to have a deep passion, a deep, deep passion to gain wisdom. Father, we don't want to remain foolish. We don't want to remain people who live our own way. We want to learn the wisdom of God. So help us to live each day with a teachable spirit. And Father, I pray you'd also help us to preserve wisdom. Help us to not forget the lessons that we learn along the way. Help us to have a repository of wisdom that we can use for our own lives and utilize for the blessing of others. And Lord, thank you for the blessings that will come. Thank you for the confidence you give us as we learn the ways and wisdom of God. Seal this word in our heart. By your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me, and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus.
If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.